Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! It's noon on Wednesday, December 1st. 2021. And this is news that you can use from YAA with your dear friends, Zach and Ray. What's going on, Mr. Zach? Trying to think about new haircut style. Just showed you some things before we got on and you said, no, don't, don't do that. So stay tuned because tomorrow I'll probably look different. My dad is much brighter and my hair might look a lot different by the next time you tune in. Also pros, uh, pros and cons of listening to the podcast. You don't have to worry about that. If you yeah. Well, do, do yourself a favor. Don't even think about that fade. It just don't <laughs> think about it. Here's what I am going to think about today, Dad. We're going to run through a few things on today's show. There was a YouTuber who bought a car recently, and he made a video talking about, quote, getting robbed at the dealership. So we'll talk about his experience and also what actually happened. Yeah, babe, it's, it's good clickbait. Good clickbait. Get robbed. Yeah. yeah well, we yeah. also have um, a study that was conducted um, for automotive executives, all aspects of the automotive supply chain, retail, manufacturers, et cetera. They are, quote, very optimistic um, about their long-term profits. So we'll, we'll touch on that survey. Do, do you know why that is, by the way? Huh? Because the, the CEOs and such that are very pessimistic usually find themselves out of a job. <laughs> uh, Javid is here. Hello. <clears throat> on Spotify, first time making it live here. Javid, sorry that we've uh, gotten so deep in your life that you're now spending it live with us. But thank you. We appreciate yeah, Thank it. you for that. We really, really do. Then, Dad, we're going to talk about Carvana. They were back in the news on the homepage of Jalopnik again. Same issues, same issues, but we'll we'll talk about that just a little bit. And we'll wrap things up with Porsche. They are going to be opening up Apple stores, as they call them. They're going to be uh, the next manufacturer that's going towards this more experiential, less salesy ex uh, uh, type of environment um, for their customers to buy cars. Yes. Yes, they are. But the big key with them is those sites will be uh, uh, run by dealers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Difference uh, between them and Tesla and all the yes. other direct-to-consumer. Let's kick things off with uh, some of the breaking news that we just had this morning. This is actually straight from Automotive News. It was updated just 20 minutes ago, Dad. We have some of the November sales numbers starting to trickle in for some of the different manufacturers. And so I thought we'd pull that up on the screen here and give everyone a little bit of an update. So what you want to look at is the year-over-year -year change for the month of November. Hyundai sales were down about 20%. Um, uh, Kia sales were down about 9%, or excuse me, 5.5%. Hyundai, Kia down 9%. We're waiting on more manufacturers to come in, but we do also... But, yeah, but scroll up real quick. Scroll up real quick. <laughs> Genesis was nope. up 435%, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I could get up 435%. That That is just... That's a staggering increase in sales. Toyota's uh, volume was down 25%. Honda, Honda, excuse me, down 17%. We have the 20% decline at Hyundai. So this data is starting to trickle in. They also had on this article down at the bottom, Dad, where was it? Average transaction prices broken down by the different brands. Let's just hit on this really quickly. So you've got the average transaction price year over year for a Kia going up 13% year over year for a Kia. 16% year over year for a General Motors product. 
11% for a Hyundai, 11% for a Nissan, and up to 13% on Stellantis products. That is insane year over year. New car price appreciation. That's nuts. Did you notice that the only one that went down in average transaction price was BMW? BMW. What's the logic there, Dad? Uh, well, they're they're destined and determined to win the luxury brand sales uh, for, award for the year. They so they want to make sure that they absolutely positively bury the competition. Uh, so they're still providing their dealers with some incentives so that the dealers can pass those incentives on to their consumers. Um, and that's why their average transaction prices are going down. That's insane. But I will say this, I will, you know, their, their normal holiday sale, which we're in the midst of now, um, you know, the ads that I've seen, you can, you can get upwards of $2,500 off. Well, in years past, that number was typically $4,500 or more up to like six grand. Um, so the fact that they're only at $2,500 uh, tells me a lot that, yeah, they want to win and they're willing to spend, um, but I mean, for instance, Mercedes is is offering a whole seven hundred and fifty dollars. Um, but even even though they're willing to spend to do it, they're they're uh, they're still spending less than they have in the past. Definitely, definitely. It's just crazy to think that as an industry, new car prices are up eight percent and BMW is down four percent. Like that just yes. is that's just nuts. Kyle in the chat pops my Carvana offer for my car dropped fifteen hundred dollars in the past month. My new car comes next week and not sure if I should pull the trigger or wait to update the price next week. I know how I think about this, Pops. How do you think about it? I think you should wait to update the price next week. Yeah, Kyle, we've seen a lot over the past year of tracking this stuff. Carvana, Vroom, and even CarMax, the prices at the end and beginning of months can fluctuate wildly. Yes. We know from last week, uh, not last week, from yesterday. Let me actually share my screen with you. I'll just toss in the chat. We updated the used car pricing um, back on the YA website yesterday from the new data we got from BlackBook. We know from BlackBook that used car prices continued to go up on the wholesale market just less than normal, and that's likely because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Used car prices are still going up. There's no sign that that's going to change next week. So definitely wait a little bit and uh, see what comes next week. Yeah, I don't think he'll get hurt by waiting another week. Exactly, exactly. You know who else is not getting hurt, Pops? Those executives who are thinking about their long-term profits. This article was in Automotive News this morning. Executives optimistic on long-term profits as short-term challenges mount survey finds. So essentially, what? Uh, who was it again that did this? KPMG. KPMG uh, interviewed or surveyed 1,100 different executives around the world back in August, from CEOs to department leaders within automakers, suppliers, startups, and other companies. Did you get a call from KPMG? <sighs> did not, but, yeah, but well, know. maybe I did, uh, but it might have. Uh, my phone might have thought it was spam. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, 53% of respondents said they were extremely or somewhat confident that the industry would achieve more profitable growth over the next five years. Can I stop you there for a second? Yep. 53% um, of respondents said they were optimistic or somewhat. Is that what it said? Somewhat yeah, it optimistic? Optimistic would, or extremely um, confident. Somewhat optimistic or extremely. So wouldn't it be nice to know what the breakdown was between extremely optimistic and just somewhat optimistic? Um, and by and by phrasing it the way they did, you can't get a clear picture of what these people were really thinking. I mean, maybe it was 20% that were um, 
extremely optimistic, and 33% were only somewhat optimistic. And that would give you a different sense of what everybody's thinking if you had those breakdowns. No, I mean, I agree. So let's just let's pull back up on the screen and make sure everyone's on the same page here. So it's got extremely or yeah. somewhat confident. <laughs> That's a, that is a big difference between I'm extremely confident. Well, you know, I'm somewhat confident. Definitely, definitely. Um, there were a few <laughs> things. Let's see. Um, 57% of executives said they expected the cost and complexity of tariffs, trade rules, and regulations to significantly or somewhat increase over the next five years. Uh, what else is in here? More of executives are prepared. They're saying prepared for other future crises. Totally don't believe that. But No, not at all, because they don't know what the future crises are going to be. <laughs> EV adoption. On average, executives said they expected 52% of all new vehicles sold in the U.S., China, and Japan to be electric by 2030. That's awesome. Insensitive. Yeah, that's insane, considering yeah. that, that Nissan says it's only going to be 40% of theirs, because they expect a slower adoption rate for EVs in the United States than they see in Europe. Yep, yep. Uh, 77% of executives and consumers will be willing to wait only 30 minutes of less or less for a charge of 80% or better. So we know that's a lot of the concern going on right now in the industry when it comes to EVs. 78%, this is fascinating, Dad. 78% of executives think the majority of new vehicle purchases worldwide will be completed online by 2030. And 46% of executives think 60% or more of all new vehicle sales will be by automakers directly to consumers in their home markets by 2030. So about half of the 1,100 executives that were surveyed for this think that 60%, so 6 out of 10, 3 out of 5, uh, new car sales are going to be automakers directly selling to consumers within the next eight years. That number stood out to me. That That's insane. Yeah, there's a reason it's at the bottom of the article. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> Because that honestly could be the lead, right? That should be the lead. Uh, okay, so why is it at the bottom of the article? Because, and I actually wrote an article today back on the Join YAA website. I'll flash that up on the screen. Can a dealer charge more than MSRP? Yes, yes, and yes. We go into some of these franchise state laws. Uh, I also created a little graphic to help you understand how the automakers, car dealers, banks, and customers all work together here. Some examples of what goes on. But essentially talking a little bit in this article about what you're seeing at dealerships, which is you've got franchise dealer laws that essentially allow dealerships to do whatever the heck they want. And yes. it's not too dissimilar from the insurance industry where you have agents you know, that work on behalf of the insurers. The thing is, though, this is half of 1,100 CEOs and executives that KPMG reached out to that work in automotive saying, we actually think that's going to go by the wayside within the next eight years. But that's an aggressive it, timeline. Wouldn't it be nice to know of of the half of those executives that think that, whether they were executives in the manufacturing of automobiles or executives who who work in uh, or and run the companies that are the suppliers of the, I mean, this. I don't mean this in a bad way. This article is lacking so much in the sense of context that you know it's hard to take it seriously. Um, you can't be extremely optimistic or ex you have extreme confidence or some, I have somewhat confidence. You, you, you need more clarity. You need more context. You need to know what the breakdowns were per 
industry, per, whether it's supplier. But from a macro level, from a high level, we oh, talked about on, stop it. Have it change the, the part, winds have change. Part of this was startups. Okay. Startup manufacturers. Okay. So do you think there's anybody that, that that's an executive on any level at a startup manufacturer in the automobile business that doesn't think that, that manufacturer consumer sales is the direction that they're headed? Well, if they're in the EV market and they have those carved out laws that will allow them to do that, yes, of course. Okay. And that that can influence the numbers to look higher than they really are because the executives at GM and Ford and Stellantis, um, you know, they might've said, we don't think so. Um, so it's, it's, it's just lacking too much in, in the way of context to really be able to draw any conclusions from what this alleged study found. Hey, Completely hear you. I think it's still noteworthy in the sense that it's pushing in that direction. And it's a different voice. And this was from back in August, Dad. So this is kind of like pre-Rivian IPO as well. So it speaks to, I think, the direction that the industry is going. And it also kind of alludes to what we're seeing Porsche doing, right? This article that I'll pull up on the screen here comes by way of KBB. And honestly, it's like, we know this is coming. Even even when you were in the industry, Dad, when you worked at Mini and BMW, they had uh, product geniuses rather than salespeople yes. in the in the yes. dealership. Porsche yes. open Apple Store style studios. This is all in their push to be able to connect with a new generation of uh, of buyers. It's 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 not so much to connect with a new generation of buyers. It's their attempt to improve the sales process. Okay, because every manufacturer does consumer surveys that's that's one of the drawbacks of buying a car is that your email address goes to the manufacturer and then they survey the poop out of you um <laughs> but but they all understand that the biggest complaint amongst the consumers is the sales experience itself the time that it takes to actually buy the car and go through the process so in reality, this is not trying to create a bigger market with a different group. This is a way to try and address the issues that consumers presently have, which is, as you like to say, and I like to say, the process is broken. The process stinks. And so Porsche uh, is trying to do, as, as small a brand as they are, is trying to do something about it. I mean, they only have 190 dealerships throughout the country, yeah. so it's not like it's a they're a major, major player. But if this small player can bring about improvements in the process and Porsche being part of the VW group, then those changes could work their way up through all the brands that VW group owns. Definitely. And I think it's a it's a way for them to test something with a niche audience, see how it resonates, and then potentially expand yes. to other brands. Igor in the chat here saying online purchases do work, and we're already seeing it. Uh, we saw it during the COVID explosion in 2020. Social distancing buying worked, and now it will take off as regular practice. And Justice in the chat saying, you know, agreed as always, online is coming so fast. It will be in 10 years. Young people talking about when they grew up, their parents had to go into a dealership. And while I agree with both of you, there's other laws that make it challenging for online purchasing to happen. Wet signatures being needed is one of the biggest ones. A lot of paperwork needs a wet signature, although we're, we're seeing more um, providers in the space provide um, 
uh, e-sign uh, solutions. But there are laws in many states that prohibit buying a car. And on, then there's also if you if you take delivery of it at home versus at the dealership, there are different aspects of the warranty that then get implicated, if I'm not mistaken. Like there are all sorts of laws that are kind of set up to force well, us to do things at a dealership when in reality we are moving towards this online at home. And, and there was and there was an article the other day um, concerning exactly this. Uh, and the problem was that uh, still the majority of dealerships won't allow somebody to complete the F&I process portion of the purchase online. And, and the reason they won't is not necessarily because of wet signatures or electronic signatures. It's because they don't want to, um, to allow the customer to not have to be confronted with an F&I person who can yeah, sell use, them on more stuff. Let's use, let's use our, our, our adult words because you can't get pressured into purchasing something as easily when it's on a computer screen versus sitting in the F&I office. Let me give yes. you a really like terrible, but I think accurate answer here. I, I've been out of like higher education for a long, long time. And I look at my younger cousin um, who's in, in at University of San Diego right now, Tyler. San Diego State. San Diego State. Thank you. Yeah, don't confuse because he'd be, yeah, he'd yeah, be upset. He's an Aztec buddy. And don't you ever forget it. Riddle me this, Dad. If I'm taking an exam at home, I can kind of like have a second computer set up and I could like Google some stuff to maybe find it. I'm not saying Tyler does that. I have no clue. I've never, I've never talked. I'm not even implied, but like I could do that. Right. I could do that. Versus if I'm in the exam hall and there's someone watching me, I can't open up my other computer. When you, when you go to the yeah. dealership, you're screwed. You got someone breathing down your neck. And, and the next topic that we're going to talk about, this other gentleman who created his YouTube video, he's got a big channel and he says he got robbed because he, he was sold almost $13,000 in excess. Well, he, he wasn't he sold. He was, he, was, he was pressured, it was, yeah. um, but he resisted the pressure. But yes, I get your point. And that's why, even though uh, the vast majority, yeah, anybody, I, yeah, it's, it's like... It, it's what you were describing is every every exam becomes an open book test. Exactly. Okay? And when you're yes. buying a car, it should be an open book test. What do we do? We sell extended warranties. Yes. I don't care if you buy one from, from us or not. I just want you to have the info so that you can then have an open book exam. So when you go to the dealership and they say it costs $3,000, you're going to be like, I got a quote for 1200 Cool. Maybe you still don't buy either, but at least you had the open book exam. At least you had the other computer. I want everyone to cheat on exams. I don't mean that in the way that it came out. Yeah, well, the, the the wonderful thing about what you just said, as far as real exams, is that, well, you know, we're going to graduate large classes of morons that can't do anything on their own and really haven't learned anything. But that's besides the point. I, I get where you're going with this. And, and, and that's the real problem where more and more of this could be done online. Um, the the F and I process could be completed online, but they just the vast majority of dealerships, and I think it was fifty seven percent of the dealerships that that do online purchasing, won't allow the customer to finish the finance process, and that's all because they're afraid that they'll lose too much money by not having a solid F and I professional there to uh, persuade you as to why you need all, all this, this stuff. stuff. 
So there are two articles that I'll pull up, um, just as you were saying that, Dad. We've got the dealerships largely don't let customers finish F&I online. Yes. Fine. So this is exactly what you're just talking about. It's 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 everything you were just saying. And then the other one that I saw right above that was Florida dealerships selling unwanted F&I products hurts profits. Pushing F&I products without a thought to the customer's needs could actually hurt the bottom line, according to a Florida dealership. I just pulled this up. Oh, it's Jermaine. It's Jermaine again. Yeah. We like the folks over at Jermaine Toyota. We've never talked to them. We don't know them. But they had another article uh, where they were profiled. Essentially, they they said, why don't you treat customers as human beings rather than like we just direct them through our process? So it sounds like they're trying. Here you go. Here you go. This is it right here. This is what do we coach everyone on? To cancel products and get prorated yes. refunds if you don't want them. And there, this oh, is an article, forcing products results in cancellations, which leads to more 90-day to, to six-month chargeback. And dealerships, a lot of them, the F&I person says, you can't uh, cancel this thing or you can't refinance out of it for six months, which is complete BS, total BS. Kudos to them, Jermaine Toyota, for being out in front of this stuff. And kudos to Automotive News for finally covering some of that stuff because it's complete BS, man. So, so bass-ackwards. It really is. It, it really, really is. And, and yes, we've been talking about it forever. Um, and it, it's, it's not, it's, it's a conscious decision that the dealer principal makes as to how he wants to operate his business. And, and so dealership operations represent the thought of the owner. And if, the practices at a dealership are somewhat anti-consumer. It's only because the owner of the dealership is anti-consumer. He doesn't really give a damn about his consumers. He's just, he's just concerned with his bottom line. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that dealerships shouldn't be concerned with their bottom line, but they can probably improve their bottom line if they were more transparent in how they in how they interacted with their customers. Did you see Lithia CEO, Lithia Automotive CEO came out their um their most recent quarter, the gross profit on a new car sale dad? Do you have any idea what it was? Um I, I, per, I unit. per unit. Per unit is this percent, front and percent. back or just Yeah, front? yeah, percent, percent based front and back. Front and back, percent based, probably 25%. It was 7, 17%. Like that, that used to be 10%. That used to be 5%. I mean, it's just insane how much money they're, be, they're making. And again, if, if you can't, the open book exam is actually a perfect analogy here because what is having the open book there? It gives you the information you need to pass the exam. Now you should pass your exams because you studied. Yes. When you're spending $50,000, you should have all the freaking information you need and want to make an informed decision. And the pushback against things going online is because there are a lot of businesses that make a ton of money without you having the information you need to make an informed decision. We're going to change that. We're all going to work together and change that because it really can't exist. I yes. think that's a good segue, Dad, into this video. So this comes by way of, what's this channel? Silver Symbol. I'll reach out to Mr. Silver Symbol after we do this. And I'm, we're not going to watch the whole thing together, but let me just pull up this one section here um, and we can take a peek at it, okay? Sure. It's a you know, Toyota or a Honda. You generally don't need those extended warranties anyway. Extended warranties used to sell for between fifteen hundred bucks, three grand. You might. It was twelve thousand seven hundred dollars. So this. So I'm just going to pause there for a second. So 
So the remainder of the video is essentially this gentleman. He goes through what that $12,700 in accessories where it was an extended warranty. It was paint protection. It was 3M. It was every single add-on the dealership could possibly have. Plus, they added $3,000 in additional dealer markup. And he's essentially making this PSA video. He has these suggestions at the end, which is don't buy cars right now. He forgot to mention stopbuyingcars.com. Yeah, well, that's uh, because you need to make him aware of that. I will, I will make him aware of that. Yeah. Um, he mentioned, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, don't buy uh, all these accessories and add-ons, you know, and also be prepared for this when you go into the dealership. Be prepared for the F&I manager was his big takeaway. We'll link the video. I'll toss in the chat here. I know you had a chance to watch it, Pops. Pretty spot on. Well, yeah. I mean, and basically what he talked about is is what we tried to warn consumers about for, I don't know, the past two years. Um, and And... You know, he conflated the warranty uh, with all the protection packages or products that they included in that price. It wasn't $12,700 for the warranty. Yeah. I don't know how much the warranty was, but there was tire and wheel protection. There was dent and ding. There was paint and leather protection. Um, there was low jack. Um, you, you know, all those things added up. In, into their suite of protection packages to $12,700. Um, and, and yes, uh, we, we've had the F&I goddess herself on, Miss Kimberly Klein, and she'll tell you that F&I people are trained to, to scare you enough to get you to buy some or all of these products. And it's all... It's all in the training. It's all in the word tracks that they're trained to use to create this sense of fear, uh, future fear, that you can alleviate that future fear by signing up for this stuff now. So, Pops, we're going we're gonna to put you on the spot because this is what I like to do. So in today's blog post, and I know we did this just the other day, and we got a video coming out back on the YAA channel a little later this week. But on today's blog post, can a dealer charge more than MSRP? Yes, yes, and yes. I actually include a screenshot here of a deal that you and I looked at as part of the video that we recently filmed. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I am the F&I manager. Actually, yes. because I'm pre-selling all these F&I products. That's another issue that's going on right now. These products are being pre-sold by the salesperson. I'm the person selling the car. You're the person buying the car. I come over to you. I, I put this in front. I say, Mr. Shevska, it's your lucky day. I know. I know the market's tight. We took $1,000 off the MSRP. I don't know how I was able to get my sales manager to do it, but I got him to take $1,000 off. But you have to buy the car today. Here's what the financing is going to come out to. You got any questions for me or can we sign this right now? And the questions would be, uh, could, excuse me, could you explain to me what the optional items are, please? So those are not optional. I know it says optional, but we've already installed them on the vehicle. They're all really great values. I can't take them off or anything like that. So it's part of the vehicle. That's why we discounted the thousand um, dollars. I understand that, but, but I, I know um, that when your new car manager wrote the internal RO repair order to have those items installed on the car. They're not installed on the car at that retail price. What would the internal costs be that the sales department paid for those items? Uh, and please, could you get me a breakdown of what those items are? And so then not to belabor this. So that's the, that's, that's as a customer, what to anchor on is you're not going to get them to take all this off. You might be able to, but realistically you're not going to be able to, we, we deal with, 
dozens of people every day that are working car deals right now. You're not going to be a, a great deal in today's market is like getting those at cost plus doc fee and MSRP. And so that what you just said, can I see the internal repair order so I can know what the cost is and I'll, I'll take it at cost. Yes. The whole point of this article that we wrote today about can a dealer charge over MSRP? The answer is yes. That's not going to change anytime soon because everyone's making money hand over fist. Doesn't mean things aren't negotiable. And the word tracks that you can use to figure out ways to get some leverage, like I'm realistic here. Just show me the internal RO. Let me know what it costs and I'll pay you cost. That way you guys can make some money. You're already making MSRP, which on a Land Rover is probably a 12% spread or a 10% spread. Like you're happy campers. Let me take this. I'll get out of your way. So like, to me, that's a really strong way to, to, to frame and position, you know, your argument as a customer. Well, and, and you can only do that if you understand that there are internal costs. It's what's called, I mean, literally um, when a new vehicle comes in, the service department won't touch it until they get the internal, which is an internal um, repair order um, from the new car department telling them what to install on the vehicle. So, And there is an internal cost. The sales department pays less than retail for these items. The service department makes their money. The parts department makes their money. Um, and then and then the sales department marks up what they paid for it. So, uh, yeah, they, the sales department doesn't want to pay for it and then not get anything for it. So if they could at least break even on what they paid for it, then they, they probably should be happy enough to say, yeah, well, you know, we're still making five grand on the deal. I think we're all right. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so we got a question here, Pops, from JNAGME. Any website where I can see how many new cars are for sale? Pops, you know what I'm excited to share? Oh, my God. Did you? How much did you pay him to, <laughs> to send you that? <laughs> so, it's again, it's not live yet. I'm on, like, our staging site. Like, it's not live. But we're, like, maybe two weeks away. I'll keep saying two weeks. We're, we're really making a lot of progress. I just clicked on Browse All Vehicles. Right now, oh man, we got the rate limiter on. Okay, so I can't even show you. But what you'll be able to do here is you'll be able to browse all vehicles and it'll do, I think we actually will go out to a nationwide search and you will have the opportunity here to then like check on the new box and you'll be able to see all the new cars for sale nationwide in one place. We just have the, the limiter on right now to 1500. Um, I was running this the other day and I think within 500 miles of me, there was a million, there were over a million cars that were actively for sale. When I looked at used, it was like 700,000 new. It was only about 300,000. So anyway, for, for you, JNAG and me, um, you're about two weeks away from back on the join YAA website. We'll have that data for you accessible. Very cool. All right. I've got one other thing I want to mention, which is deal school, dad. Join yaa.com slash deal school. Whoops. This tab right here. It's live. It's free. It's publicly accessible. Do us a favor. Check it out. Like the videos. Share this with a friend. It's again, 100% free. So if you know anyone who's actually having to go through the process right now, they need to buy a car or they're thinking about buying a car next year, send them to deal school. There's no strings attached. I, was fo I follow a lot of people in like automotive YouTube and car buying experts and things like that. And every time I see that they're charging for a course, it just kind of like, you know, it, 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 it pains me because we do this stuff for free. I think it's pretty good. I'm actually incredibly proud of James's editing on deal school and pops. You and I didn't banter all that much. Like we actually just give you the info. It's maybe 30 minutes of videos and it's like in order join yaa.com slash deal school. Take a peek, check it out. Yep. If it's for free, it's for me.
Oh, oh, I appreciate that. I like that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's call it a day. We'll be back again tomorrow. What time? Absolutely. I think uh, I think tomorrow we'll be on at uh, well noon. Noon. Let's call it noon. Noon East, nine West. More part. Can you clarify who allows factory orders? I went to Mazda dealer and they asked about ordering a car with certain specs. They looked at me as if I had two heads. The idea of a build order was funny to them. Pretty much everyone right now is is doing factory orders. Even Subaru, who wasn't before. Well, I I don't know that Mazda's doing factory orders. What what they can do is they can try and match up what you want with what they have allocated, and they can ask their region to try and match it up. But they they probably can't do a direct factory order. Deal School 2.0 is fantastic. I've uh, been watching Trade and Values Weekly. It's approving what I paid for the car. Appreciating $3 short. Uh, Javit, happy that he came and joined us live. That's awesome. Thank you guys all for being here. Pops, I'm going to go eat lunch, and I'll see you at the 1.30 team meeting. Okay, sounds good to me. Much love. Much love to you. Bye. Join us again next time. Which is probably tomorrow. To get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.